Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Good morning, Grace Church. Man, it's good to be um, with you all here today. Um, just want to give just an incredible shout out to to our worship team that that was just able to really lead us into um, a place of worship this morning. I'm just sitting here uh, participating just like you are, and um, and I'm telling you, I feel the presence of God. Um, just in this place. And so um, just want to put our hands together for our worship team and the incredible job that they do. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited this morning just to be able to uh, to be with you uh, this morning uh, as I'm, you know, at my kitchen table in my home. I've got my I've got my uh, my cup of tea. I hope that I hope that you as well have your favorite beverage, um, you know, with you this morning, whether that be coffee, water, tea, or, or who knows, maybe some of you it might be Kool-Aid. But, uh, um, but I'm excited to be here because, as many of you know, my wife and I, we have been diagnosed um, with the coronavirus. And I just want you to know that, um, that, that I want to thank you for your prayers. Um, there's no question in my mind that uh, that people have been praying for us, and and I'm just telling you what God has been faithful, you know, to us, and and we continue to pray for other people that are dealing with, you know, the the COVID among other things, uh, other sicknesses, and so so anyway, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart and my wife's heart uh, for for covering us. Um, with your prayers. We're getting through it. And like I said, God is faithful. I want to tell you that, that we're getting right back into, um, into live services. We took this Sunday off. We took this last Wednesday off. This Wednesday, we're going to be back into you know, the swing of things. And we've got Awanas that, that's going to be you know, kicking back off again this Wednesday. And then, you know, uh, uh, you know, Praise the Lord. Our plan is is uh, is this following Sunday, you know, to be back in the house of the Lord. This is what I shared with our with our leadership team that we are going to be fluid. You know what I mean? We're going to be fluid. We may, you know, go back to a couple of services and then we'll just be evaluating and looking, you know, at how people are doing and and um, you know if we got to shut it back down for a week again, then we'll absolutely do that. But I'm telling you what, um, the church is an essential part of where we are in in the course of of time. This is a very exciting time that we are in church, and and it's very important that we that we are all about community and and, and community with safety. You know, we've got to use wisdom we have to use this incredible thing called the mind that god has given to us and 
And, um, and so we're going to, you know what I mean? We're going we're gonna to allow God just to direct our steps. And so this Wednesday, we've got Awanas kicking back up and, and uh, we've got adult Bible study and we have um, the, the movement youth that's going to be, you know, geared up and ready to go. And, and anyhow, it's going to be fantastic. We hope to see you there. I want to welcome everybody to online ser uh, service. Um, we, you know, we, 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 it is kind of interesting going back to things being online and about the time that I was getting my traction, you know, on doing online church, we went right back to, um, you know, in, in, in person services. And so, but you are here and I'm grateful you're here. And I want you to know that God's got something significant for you today. And so, as we get ready to, um, to, to break you know, into a new series and to share God's word, my heart's desire is, is that you would lean in and that you would pick up your Bible and that you would pick up your notepad and you would take some notes because God is wanting to speak to you today, amen. I also just saw um, on the comments that uh, that we have about 25 uh, young Marines in one location in North Carolina, Jacksonville, North Carolina, I believe at Camp Lejeune. Um, not exactly sure on the location, but we want to welcome you and we want to thank you, uh, young men and women, for serving our country and anybody else that's that's uh, that's serving you know our country. God, thank you for these wonderful men and women that protect our freedoms and our liberties. And we want to give a big shout out to the law enforcement and the first responders, firefighters, paramedics. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. And I want you to know that we honor you. We honor you. We lift you up in our prayers. We are thankful for you. We love you. And today we honor you and so welcome everybody everybody not just those but welcome thank you for being here um you are blessed because we're starting this day this online service we're starting a brand new series and my series i have called geared up come on i was thinking about um battles that we can that we can find ourselves in and i'm just telling you what if you're going to find yourself in a in a fight you want to make sure that you've got the proper equipment. You've got the proper tools to be victorious in that fight, right? So you got to be geared up. But it's one thing to have the right tools, but it's another thing. Come on, there are all kinds of people that have all the right tools, but they don't know how to use them effectively and efficiently. And so being geared up, the whole idea of being geared up is having the right resources, having the right tools, having the right weaponry, but also being skilled, come on, in that weaponry so that you can be successful. You got to know, you got to know how to use it, right? And that's in all things. And so we're going to be spending some time in the book of Ephesians today, Ephesians chapter 6, um, especially there's six chapters in the book of Ephesians. And, and I want to just set this up by saying that Paul, at this point in his life, um, he's in prison, like he is he is, he is guarded by Roman soldiers. And just think about this, um, about every six hours, probably, they were, they were, you know, giving him a new soldier just to watch out for him, to guard him, make sure that he wasn't trying to break out. And, and, and also, 
their responsibility was to keep him keep him safe i believe but every six hours there was another there was another guard think about this every six hours or roughly about the apostle paul was able come on to share the gospel with somebody brand new and and um and 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 i believe that a lot of you know a lot of those guards they were just thinking they were going to be going to work and next thing you know they were being introduced to jesus and and i love that and so Chapter 6, where we're going to be spending some time here today, I want you to know it's all about warfare. It's all about spiritual warfare. But the whole book of Ephesians isn't about spiritual warfare. But what I love about the Apostle Paul is he, you know, I, I really feel like he is, he's looking around at his surroundings um, and, and, and he's, he's, he's seeing certain things and he's using these certain things as illustrative points Come on, to drive the word that God was putting on his heart to share in the book of Ephesians. So, for instance, you know, and we're going to talk about this, but he sees, you know, a Roman soldier with a with a sword. And, and, and so he ties that into the sword of the spirit. And he sees a Roman soldier that's guarding him maybe with a shield. And so and so he uses that shield to illustrate something magnificent Come on about the Lord. And so that's where we, we are through his prison experience. He uses what he sees to illustrate awesome things about, about God and walking with God. And so I want to set up the whole book of Ephesians. So the first three chapters, you need to know this to really, to really be able to dive into Ephesians chapter 6. You got to know what the rest of the book about is about. And so the first three chapters is about our position as Christians in Christ. So the first three chapters, if you study it, which I encourage you to do, you know, study it looking at who you are in Christ and your position in Christ. And then the next two chapters, it's all about our responsibilities. Like being a Christian, how many of you know that, 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 that your character matters and the things that you do, it matters in your attitude. Come on, it, it, it matters. And so, so as you know, Ephesians uh, 4 and 5, you know, it talks about the responsibilities that we have as being a Christian. I just want to remind you, if, you're, if you've forgotten, I want you to know that it matters. Come on, what you do and, and, and how you act and, and how you think. And, and the idea is that we become more like Christ. Come on, somebody say, amen. And then, and then if, you, if you get those two out of order, like, like our position, if you, don't, if you don't figure out your position in Christ first and you just go right to the responsibilities well listen man that leads to legalism have you ever have you ever met somebody that really doesn't even know christ but yet the church is pressing on them to act a certain way and to be a certain way and to you, you know what i mean and they don't even they don't even know him and so and so when you when you put that pressure on somebody that doesn't even know him then what you what you do is you gotta you gotta watch out because man you're on the you're on a road that will lead you exactly to legalism i want you to know that god works on the inside before he ever works on the outside and if you're watching this morning and and you don't really know the Lord. I'm, I'm asking you to, to trust him and let him begin to change you on the inside. Don't worry about, you know, you're, you're smoking right now. Don't worry about your drinking or, or that relationship. Because once again, man, when God begins to change your heart, all that other stuff, if it's sincere and genuine, 
Like it's gonna, it, it's gonna line up. You're gonna be like, you know what? This relationship's really, it, it just isn't supportive of where I am, you know, in the, in the Lord. And so let's get it right, church. Let's make sure we allow the, the Lord to work on the inside before the outside. And so in verse, or, or chapter six, once again, I already kind of said this, but chapter six, it really deals about what I would call spiritual, you know, spiritual warfare. And so that's where we're going to dive in today. Let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter six. And we're going to start by looking at verse 10. And once again, as we read this, you have to read this in mind of already having an understanding that our position in Christ is first, then our responsibilities, and then and then this uh, the spiritual the spiritual warfare. Don't forget your position. Don't forget, come on, your attitude and your behavior second by, by looking at verse or chapters four and five. And now we're in the into chapter six and, and what we're looking at here is spiritual warfare. It says this, and go ahead and follow along if you would. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might, not your own strength, but the Lord's strength. Come on, somebody say amen. Put on the whole armor of God. Yeah, see, you're familiar with this passage of scripture that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, listen, this is the first stand. I'm telling you already, so you'll be able to pass the quiz. There's gonna be four times in this short passage of scripture that the Bible says to, to stand. And so the first one, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to fight or to stand against the schemes of the devil. And then it goes on to say, um, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. I'm gonna pause right there uh, for a second. Come on, turn to your, your husband. Husbands, turn to your wife and say, I'm not fighting with you anymore because my fight is not against uh, flesh and blood. Come on, it is it is against uh, darkness and spiritual things. And, and uh, you're not my enemy. Turn to your spouse and say, you are not my enemy. Your kids aren't your enemy. Your boss is not your enemy. Well, you just don't understand. You know, my boss is not paying me and treating me like he should and, and this and that. I'm telling you what, where your boss comes short, listen, the Lord will make up the difference. And so, and so we don't fight against um, flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, um, but against the rulers and against authorities, the Bible said, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. And I just wanna pause there just for, just for a second. You gotta look at, at Ephesus Ephesus, there's probably about 200, 250,000 people in our ancient world, man. That was a huge place. It was a, it was a, a, a center for religions. In fact, there was a great deal of, uh, of demonic worship and witchcraft. And, and in fact, the temple Diana was, was, was set up in this place. And so when the apostle Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, he's like, listen, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but look around you. You know, we, we fight against the rulers and against authorities and powers of this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, the Bible says, come on, put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand your 
ground. I'm telling you what, that's the second stand. Now listen, the third one's coming right after it. It says, you know, the second one is stand your ground. And then it says, after you've done everything that you can do, it says stand again. That's the third time. And number four is right after it. It says stand firm then. Come on, I'm asking you a question here today. Do you think the Apostle Paul is trying to tell you something? Come on, he said stand four times. Any time that there is a word that is repeated in a, in a certain section, come on, the more times it's repeated, the more you should pay attention because the more likely it is a theme of what's trying to be said. He said four times, he said stand. And um, it goes on, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Verse 15, it says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. I love that. It says, in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. It goes on, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18, uh, it says, uh, it, it encourages us and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. That's powerful. We're gonna talk a little bit about that. And then he, he ends it with this. He says, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Come on, where you're at, we just read the word of the Lord. Come on, can somebody say amen? I wanna ask you a question here today. Who, and, and, and please, where you're at, just go ahead and raise your hand. It might look funny in front of your, your kids and whatnot, but who was raised in the, the local church when you were a kid? Uh, if you were raised in the local church, just say, hey, that was me. Or, you know, you can, you can raise your hand and, you know, right where you are. But how many of you grew up in, in, in church? I want you to know that I grew up in church half the time. Uh, many of you know that my parents were divorced when I was young, about a year old, maybe two, right around in there. But every time that I would go see my dad and, and my stepmom, which I love doing that, they were heavily involved in the church and they took us to church every single Sunday and every single Wednesday. And then a lot of times there would be an evangelist or somebody in, in town and they would take us Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then we would do it all over again. But I'm telling you what, the church that I grew up in, come on, it took spiritual warfare seriously. Come on, some of you grew up in the same type of church where, you know what I'm saying, praying through at the altar was was a common experience. Come on, praying for deliverance uh, from addiction or or even evil spirits and things like that. Man, it was it was common practice. It happened all the time. Certainly praying for you know salvation um, as well. But the church that I grew up in was very uh, uh, exercised in what I would call spiritual warfare. Um, when you think of a battle or a skirmish or a fight, you know, many of us think about different, we think about different things like, because I'm a Marine, uh, and, and I've gotten a lot of training in a lot of different areas, 
you know, cold weather training, mountain training, hand-to-hand -hand combat training, of course, rifle, uh, rifle and, and pistol and, 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 and just all of these different kinds of, of, of ways to, you know, engage in, in battle. Like my mind immediately, when I think of a fight or a battle, my mind goes to the military. But some of you, like like some of you, just because of your your personal interests, like some of you, when you think of a battle or a fight, you you might think of like uh, the comic books, uh, the Avengers, or the movies. Um, you know, the Avengers. And and I want to give a big shout out to my good friend uh, Dana Hammer. Big Dana. Uh, Dana is the one that introduced me to the Avengers. And every single time, uh, you know, a new one comes out, he. He invites me over, and his wife, uh, she cooks something amazing, and and um, and anyhow, he introduced me to Avengers. And so there's other people that might think about that. Then there's other people that would think about the historical wars and the and the battles that you know that that we've been in, whether it be Vietnam or 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 whether it be you know the Korean War or maybe you were a, a you know a, a, an enthusiast and a, you studied the you know World War II because maybe grandpa was a World War II veteran or uh, come on maybe the Civil War was was something that you took interest in but you think about all these historical wars maybe because you were in one you know Desert Storm Desert Shield or you know just it was interesting to you to see and study the whole world come on fighting you know for for whatever their 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 cause was and then some of you you might be thinking about when you think of a battle or a fight like you might be thinking about the thing that you just got into with your wife or with your husband maybe even just before church this morning you got into a little skirmish um at uh, at at home uh let me give you just a bit of advice if the last one is you just go ahead and say i'm sorry husbands go ahead and tell your wives say listen you were right i was wrong and um and i just saved you a hundred bucks by not having to go to that counseling session and so uh you know you can slip me a 10 maybe later or something but uh uh but what's crazy about all of these kinds of wars is none of them have predetermined outcomes. Come on, they hurt, there's, they're costly, um, there's casualties, meaning that people are, you know, people die in, in, these, in these battles that we just kind of talked about, hopefully not in your, in your home, but, uh, um, but people die, people are wounded, they carry the wounds for the rest of their life if they were able to, you know, live through it. But, um, but it can be strange when you open your Bible, especially if you're a brand new Christian, it can be strange when you open your Bible and you, and you see the Bible talking about spiritual battles or spiritual warfare. Come on, you open it up and you're like, man, this just doesn't make sense or it's odd because I've been told that the end is determined already. The end is determined. Now listen, if you've forgotten, I want you to know that come on, the work of the cross and when Jesus said it was finished, come on, he meant it. Like we know the outcome. We know that there's going to be an uprising. We know that the devil's going to, you know, turn up his plan and his, you know, the heat of things. And, and, and But I'm telling you, for those of you that will remain in Christ and just be faith-filled, come on, 
Christians and, and spirit-filled Christians, I'm telling you, you know how the, how the story ends. Don't lose sight of that. And so, so it's predetermined. All these other battles are, are not predetermined, but this is predetermined. Come on, Jesus wins. You need to know that. Give a big amen, big shout out. He wins. And if you are in him, guess what? You win as well. And then the second thing that can be odd or sometimes confusing is the second thing. Now listen, this is going to mess some people up. You're going to have a hard time, um, you, you know, just, just, just agreeing with me, but that's okay. The second thing in spiritual warfare, sometimes we don't fight at all. Sometimes we don't fight at all. And some of you right now, you're like, well, you don't know my life, man. I'm in a battle and I'm in a fight every single day of my life. Like the devil is on my tail and he is messing with me. And it's a, you know, you just don't understand. I'm in a battle and a fight every single day. And, um, and, and I'm just saying that, that sometimes in spiritual warfare, what can be confusing is you're not fighting at all. Come on. We're going to talk a little bit more about that, but I got a question for you. Who of you is married to somebody that fights dirty? Who's married to somebody that, that doesn't fight fair? You married to somebody that doesn't fight fair? This person, you know, maybe they're not quick with their words and, and you know, maybe you're even a little bit more sharper. You know, you got, you, you got more aggressive, you know, sharper tools whenever it comes to your words. And so, and so you go to bed at night thinking, man, I won this battle. But you're married, your wife, come on, she doesn't forget. Like, like she's, she's in it for the long haul. She's, she's not, you know, she just, she, she's not just going to, you know, just kind of let this slide. But, but you go to bed and you're thinking, man, I did good. I just, I, I really just, I won that. And, and then all of a sudden you sleep and you're all groggy, only to wake up with an ambush in the morning. And she just gets you. Or maybe it's the, you know, the other way around. But somebody that... That they got a good mind and they just don't forget things. And it's like, if I don't get you now, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you later. I want to remind you here four times in this passage, four, turn to your neighbor and say four, four times in this passage. It's not talking about forward advancement. It's not talking about, you know, taking territory. Come on. When I was in the, in the Marine Corps, most of the time we were guarding something to make sure that the enemy didn't get close, a territory, or we were advancing our position, come on, to take up more ground. And a lot of times it was the advancing of the position. But, but four times in this passage, it's talking about standing. It's not talking about forward movement, gaining ground. It's not talking about, you know, retreating back and regrouping so that we can move forward. It's simply talking about standing. Just stand. Come on. There is going to be times in your life where God is calling you to stop stepping, to stop moving, and just stand. Come on. Why is that? Maybe he's trying to remind you of the first three chapters in the book of Ephesians. Maybe he's trying to just remind you of your position in Christ, where you're reminded, listen, this battle is already won. It is already finished as I am in him, as I just stand, come on, in this place. Come on, I understand my position. The end is determined, but I'm telling you what, the end 
being determined and every battle that you get into it has to be done in the lord listen i'm not going to spend a lot of time on this but if you will study um the children of israel going into the promised land come on they're walking with god finally and they enter in and they they come across jericho it's a huge fortified city you know huge thick walls and whatnot and they walked with god and they did what god called them to do and the walls of jericho came down Come on, you follow this down and then they come into a next, another battle and it's the battle against AI. Well, there was a man by the name of Achan that didn't follow the instructions and, 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 and these people, they're looking at AI. It's much, much smaller than, than Jericho and they're thinking, man, psh, this is nothing. Come on, they go to AI and they get literally their tails handed to them. I'm telling you what, when you do something, when you enter into this spiritual warfare, man, I'm telling you, if you go by yourself, just thinking that you can, come on, even right now, I'm thinking of the seven sons of Sceva. You're watching other people do it, how they do it, and, and God's not in it. He didn't tell you to go forward. He's telling you to stand, and I'm just telling you, sometimes, come on, we, we don't follow God's plan and and we get we find ourselves in 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 bigger come on messes i want you to know that your mind is not the enemy's territory come on you, you might be buying into the lies of the enemy but your mind is not the enemy's territory your kids listen now even as wayward and crazy as they might be acting your kids do not belong to the enemy. Come on, your Bible says if you train up a child in the ways of the Lord, which you have done, come on, they will not depart from it. You stand upon that promises. They they might be, you know, believing in the lies of the enemy and it's causing them to, you know, to act out in ways that are unbecoming. But I'm telling you, you got to stand on the promises of God. That's why we stand, why we don't get all crazy and lose our mind, but we stand and we pray and we expose the lies of the enemy and we speak the truth of God's word over our kids' life. You, you come up to them and you say, do you know who you are in the Lord? And you just begin to, you just begin to remind them you're speaking that thing, come on, that life into, into them. And I'm just saying that, uh, that God can use that. I'm getting a little bit excited, but you know what the problem is? The problem is, and this is a problem that I face, the problem is simply this, that we don't like standing. The problem is this, my friend, that we like to do. We don't like to stand, we like to do. And I'm telling you, in any battle, your personality is going to determine what you do, typically in a fight, you know, naturally. But, but, but we got to be led by the spirit. But like, like some people naturally, you know, they, they, somebody picks a fight and they're like, hey, listen, you know what I mean? Let's get it on. I didn't ask for this. Come on, any fighters out there, you know, there's the fight or flight. Any fighters out there, you're like, listen, I wasn't looking for this. I wasn't asking for this. But I tell you what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my dead level best to finish this because you were geared, come on, to be a fighter. And then you've got the flip side. You've got the, you know, the one that, the, 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 it's the fight or flight. You've got those that flight. They, they, they run, come on, they, they, they isolate, they separate, they kind of go off. And then usually these ones, you know, the, 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 the flight personalities, 
usually they take full responsibility man i should have done things differently and everything's a mess because of you know how i how i handled that and and um and and we feel responsible you know what i mean everything rises and falls on this poor decision you know that i that, that i made and the weight of the world is on my shoulders and and it becomes too much and we just separate I'm telling you what, that's a dangerous place to be. But I'm reminding you that there are times that the Bible and the Spirit of God will simply just call you to stand. Turn to your neighbor and say, he might be calling you just to stand. You know, standing and, 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 and seemingly doing nothing, which is not what we do. But standing is oftentimes a lot easier in the big things. Have you ever noticed that? The big things like... Like uh, let's see, you're, you're you're diagnosed with with a with a, a disease, and and the doctor has even gone as far as to say, you know what? Hey, listen, you probably got six months, you know, seven months if if you know if you're lucky. And then because it's so big and outside of your ability, come on, to do anything, we do a better job of standing. And, and when I say standing, we do a better job of just doing nothing but just sitting there and praying and say, you know what? In my mind, I don't buy into that. I'm not believing that. Come on, God is the, is the uh, you know, he is the one that has numbered my days. And I just don't believe that, you know, that, that, that six months is, is my number. Come on. I plead the blood of Jesus over this sickness and this disease and you begin to encourage yourself in the faith and you're just like, listen, I'm not going to spend my days worrying and in fear. I'm going to spend my days living and, and excited and faith-filled and, and, and come on. So in the big things, sometimes it's easier to just stand than it is the little things. And some of the little things, come on, they, they, they can really just bend you out of shape and and get you to go to fighting quickly. Uh, what are some of the big things? Ah, ah, pet peeve of mine is chewing ice. Absolutely drives me crazy when people chew their ice. I remember this was about a year, maybe two years ago. We had a pastor's meeting and all the pastors in our community, we we had some dinner and whatnot. And there was a pastor, you know, I'm not going to share with you who it is, but his name is Dave. And, and he was, <laughs> he was sitting right across from me and, um, and, and, and he got done with his, his ice water and he got into chewing his ice and I'm just cringing on the, I mean, I am just on the inside. My insides want to come out because I'm just, I'm so annoyed and, and so aggravated and, and, um, and, and so I'm just, I'm talking myself off the, off the, off the wall, you know, cause he's getting lower and lower on his ice. And I'm like, okay, look, he's only got one more, one more mouthful. And he crunched and crunches. I'm just not saying anything. I'm starting to sweat because it's just irritating the daylights out of me. And then he refills his glass with a whole full glass of ice water. And I couldn't take it. Like he got in another mouthful of ice and I took my hands, I'm not gonna do it cause it'll mess everything up. But I took my hands and slammed it on the table. And I said, you have got to stop chewing that ice. And, and man, everybody was just like, but it just kept building and it kept building and it kept building. Come on, some little things will happen. It'll cause you to, it'll cause you to cuss. And I'm not like talking Christian cussing. I'm talking like the big cussing, you know, Christian cussing. It's like, dang it, darn it, shoot, 
you know, but, but, but all of a sudden these words that you used to use before you were saved, these are the words that come out of your mouth. Praise the Lord, I didn't say anything terrible like that, but my attitude and my anger just kind of, it just kind of got the, got the best of me. Somebody, you know, you're, you're going to use the restroom and, and you use the restroom and then all of a sudden you see that the toilet paper, you didn't pay attention when you were going in there, but the toilet paper is gone and there is an empty brown, you know, toilet paper roll that's just, that's just left there. And now you're there. And what do you, what do you do? You get, you get, you know, you get hot and angry or you come in. This is a big one. You put your keys down or your sunglasses or whatever it is down in a certain spot. Like, you know where you put it. And then all of a sudden somebody comes along behind you. You're in a hurry and, uh, and you got to go. And then all of a sudden, you know, they moved your stuff. So you lose your mind and you go right to fighting. Come on. Your old self becomes, you know, uh, prominent at that time. And I'm just telling you, folks, once again, the Bible says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Come on. We stand in both big things and small problems alike. Come on. I'm, I'm going to encourage you to stop using your God-given strength Come on, on shopping. You know, a lot of times people, they're irritated. What do they do? I need to do something. I'm going to go shop. I'm going to spend money that I don't have. A lot of times, you know, people are irritated. They're irritable. And, uh, and, and they, go to, they go to the pantry and they start eating. As I'm looking at my pantry right now, I'm thinking, what am I going to eat after, after this? But come on, they use their God-given energy to yell and to fight and to scheme. Come on, how you can get back at that person which has just done you, you know, they, they've done you wrong. Stop using that strength, that God-given strength for those things and use it just to stand and lift your hands and begin to allow a song of worship. Come on, come on, spend some time in prayer. Can I just remind you that worship is warfare? You want to, you want, you want to mess the enemy up. Come on, start to worship. It doesn't matter if you're rolling down the street in your car. Listen, I like all kinds of music. I've got a lot of different music in my background, but you have to have a steady dose. Come on, of worship. Just this morning, I filled my house up with worship, you know, before the service here, just to kind of prepare my heart. I'm telling you, it does something, and it does something in the natural, but it also does something, amen, in the spiritual. Come on, I want to remind you that the enemy is not as powerful as sometimes we make him to be. It's crazy. Sometimes Christians give the enemy so much power. And I'm like, listen, why are you, are you doing that? Let me tell you something. The enemy is not omnipresent. He's not everywhere. Listen now, I'm talking to you. The, in, the enemy is not omniscient. He's not all powerful. Come on, he doesn't know your thoughts. He doesn't know your mind. You know, the only way, listen, the only way that the enemy knows your thoughts is when you speak them. And I'm telling you what, sometimes we elevate all the things that are wrong in our life instead of elevating the things that are right and who Come on, God is. He doesn't know your thoughts, but guess what? He knows them when you speak them out loud. And, 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 and I'm telling you, daily, you, you pay attention. Just this week, listen to the conversations that people 
are having. Daily, people are claiming their sickness. Oh, I'm just feeling so sick. I just, I don't feel good. Daily, come on, they're talking about their fears. Daily, they're talking about their worries. Daily, they're talking about their defeats and they're opening their mouth. They're speaking them into the atmosphere and the devil is paying attention, not because he has the ability to know your thoughts in your mind, but you're thinking, I mean, and he's like, oh man, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pile up some more things things come on this same area. This person's about to bust and, and this person's about to break. I'm telling you what, man, Tina and I, we got diagnosed. She got diagnosed with COVID one day prior to, you know, I went in to get tested. And uh, so she got tested the day before and Dr. Dave Miller said, listen, you need to come in too. And so I went in and I got tested and I'm just telling you what I refused from day one Come on, to let fear come into, into, into my life. You know what I began to do? I began to pray, God, you're going to strengthen my lungs. You're going to strengthen my head. God, you're going to strengthen my body. Come on, you are quickening my immune system. This too shall pass. I made a post, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You know what I'm saying? You begin to release the power of God into the atmosphere. And guess what? The devil hears that too. And he knows that he cannot stand at the name of Jesus. I'm just saying that, that even if this was more difficult than what it is for me, come on, somebody, I was just talking on Facebook to an old friend, Joe Smith, big shout out, my number one receiver in high school. I was talking to him. He's like, dude, you're preaching you're preaching tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to preach tomorrow, man. I'm grinding this thing out. The word of God needs to be spoken. God has given me, you know, I, yeah, I'm lethargic. Yeah, I got some other things. Got a little cough that I deal with and, and some other things. But you know what? I am, I am, I'm willing, able, and, 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 and God, is, God is with me. So you better believe it, man. I'm telling you, your approach and what you say, come on, it matters. Listen to me now. Some of you need to change your conversation. You need to change your talk. Come on, too many people complain and they highlight the trouble. They elevate what's wrong. You know, I hate the weather, man. I just wish the weather would change. I just, this wind is just absolutely crazy. Man, I hate small town. I, I just can't wait until I move out of Rupert, Idaho. Come on, let me remind you something. That Rupert, Idaho, in the day and the time that we live in, come on, brothers and sisters, it's the promised land. I'm telling you, there's no other place that I'd rather live right now than small town, rural Idaho with all the crazy stuff that's taking place in our world today. It's a pretty good place, come on, to, to live. And you're blessed, come on, to live in the Rupert, Burley, Twin Falls, wherever you're tuning in from. It's all the same. And, uh, and well, it may not be all the same, but I'm talking about Idaho here uh, I'm just telling you, you know, and you may feel that way about about where you live. But how about we just get excited about where it is that we're positioned and planted and just start believing that God has us in that place for a reason. Come on. I believe that instead of giving the attention to the enemy, we should give our time and attention. Come on to the life giver to the way maker, to the perfect healer, and his name is Jesus Christ. I want you to know that the next time you're attacked, and it might be as early as today, 
The best thing that you can do is step back, take a breath, and begin to remind yourself that the battle is won. And while you're standing in that place, begin to lift up your arms, begin to lift up your head, begin to lift up your heart, and just begin to worship Him. Come on, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Amen. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. I'm telling you what, once again, I grew up in a church and, and when I grew up in, in church and it was only half time, but there was a powerful movement of prayer in the 70s and the 80s. Prayer was a big part of the church that, that I belonged to and and I remember they would do some prayer cards and sometimes, you know, the prayer card in the middle is, is it would have the Lord's Prayer as an outline. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Come on, you know it. And, and it would be as an outline, not just to say the words, but just to kind of give an outline as far as how you can uh, pray, a track to follow as to how you can pray. And then sometimes you would have the armor of God, the same thing, you know, you know, as a, as a, as an outline, come on, put on the belt of truth, put on the helmet of, of salvation, put on the breastplate of righteousness. And so I'm just telling you that I grew up following, you know, systems, but the truth is, is even when I was older, come on, when I was older, I was asking the question, well, what does this look like What's it look like daily? Come on, how do I how do I apply it? Come on, do I just pray this prayer and read these 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 prayers and just hope that God come on, you know, hears it and he responds and he and he does something? Come on, let me just remind you something that the word of God, the written word of God, wish I had one here. I'm just going to hold this up. This is my notebook. The written word of God, right? It is it's not revolutionary until you take it and digest it. When you will digest it and stand upon it and, and, and believe in it, come on, then it's a game changer. It will revolutionize, come on, your life. But just sitting on a shelf, the written word of God by itself, not being applied, not being stood upon, come on, it's not going to do very much for you. It's going to only do something for the person, come on, that, that applies it, that trusts in it, that speaks it, that exercises it, amen? And so, and so let's take a look once again. We're going to break these down. We're getting close. Stick with me. I'm going to, I'm going to hurry up here. But, uh, but the Bible says, stand therefore, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth. Go ahead and say that, the belt of truth. Repeat it. The belt, the belt. What does the belt do? The belt goes around your core. Come on, have the truth of God wrapped around your core. I'll remember I was a decent basketball player. I wasn't a great, great basketball player, but I was, I was okay. I had a good, good three-point shot. But I remember my coaches in, in basketball, they would, they would say, listen, follow the hips like you're playing defense, right? Um, you, know, you know, watch the hips. Keep, focus on the hips. Follow the hips. What they were saying is follow the core because where the core goes, the body goes. Or where the hips go, the body goes. It doesn't matter if they, if they make a move over here, but if their hips are here and cross back over, you're not going to break your ankles trying to, you know, trying to get caught back up with them because you're following 
their core. And I'm just telling you this, when it comes to spiritual things, the central portion or the core of your life is your mind. Come on, it's your mind. You have to have the truth of God's word wrapped around your mind, around your core. You have to, come on, because where the mind goes, the body goes. Some of you know this really well. Where the mind goes, the attitude goes. And, and, and sometimes people are just praying. He's like, listen, you know, God, get, God, you take me out of this funk, this junk, all this stuff that I'm in. And he's like, listen, take yourself out of it. You're focused on the wrong things because where your mind goes, come on, that's where your, that's where your life goes. And, and I'm just saying, listen, we got to fill our mind with truth before we can ever Come on, start fighting demons. It's the craziest thing. Some people, they want to enter into spiritual warfare. They want to start fighting demons, but they don't even know if they trust God. They might not even know who God is. And people are like, let's just, you know, let's just go slay some, let's be a demon slayer. Listen, come on, you've got to get it right on the inside before you are ready to yield. Come on, the sword. And and, and I'm just I'm just saying. COVID, the coronavirus has been a little bit strange to me. Um, I've done things that I never thought I would I would do. I think it was yesterday. I'm sitting around with Tina. We're just kind of being lazy and just trying to take good care of ourselves. And, and Dr. Phil is on. And they had a guest on Dr. Phil. I'm almost embarrassed saying this. but uh, And I, 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 I thought he'd give some really good advice. But... Um, we had a guess where this guy's life was completely, you know, messed up. And Dr. Phil was giving him some great advice. And this guy would just cut him off. And he'd say, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. And he would actually give, you know, the, the guy that with all the issues and the problems, he would give good answers. Like he was like, yeah, I know I need to do this and this and this. And, and Dr. Phil finally just you know, looked at him and said, well, why are you here? You know, if you know all the answers, why are you here? Why is your life a disaster and you're 35 years old and you're living with your mom and you ain't got a job and you sit around all day and you smoke weed and you just do that, 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 that. Come on, if you know all the answers, why are you here? And I'm just telling you, there's so many people, come on, that know the truth. But I'm telling you what God is calling us to wrap the truth around our mind, around our core, come on, around who we are and walk in it. We've got to apply. We got to walk it out. We got to walk through it. And then when we walk with the truth and in the truth, come on, then it begins to change our life. Number two is this, the breastplate of righteousness. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Just want to talk real quick. This is dealing with the heart, um, a sign of a broken heart. What would a sign of a, of a broken heart be? One of the big signs of a broken heart is distrust. They don't trust anymore. Another sign of somebody that has a broken heart is the words that they speak, hurtful words, damaging words. Come on. And I'm just telling you this, that if you've been broken, your heart's been broken and you've been, you know, mistreated and, 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 and somebody that you trusted and, you know, they treated that wrong. Listen to me now. God's word says that you've got to trust again. It's not okay for you to live. Yeah, it's a shame. I, and I'm so sorry. Uh, if we could do anything to change it, we, we would. But we live in this broken world. And I'm saying that God is calling you up higher. You've got to trust. Come on, you've got to trust again. The Bible says that out of the heart flows 
the issues of life. And if you just got issues all around, this is wrong, that's wrong, this is broken, that's broken. I'm telling you what, you need to check your heart because out of the heart flows the issues of life. I'm telling you once again, before you start using the sword of the spirit, come on, you got to be healthy on the inside. I think the first two, isn't it crazy? It deals with your mind and it deals with your heart. Then you can begin to, you know, do the external things. But we got to get the inside right. You got to rid yourself of bitterness. You got to rid yourself of hatred. You've got to rid yourself of unforgiveness. You've got to deal with that ugly unforgiveness that you've got in your life. Come on, if Grace Church is your fifth church that you've attended in the last 10 years, make the decision, regardless of what happens, that you're going to plant in the house of the Lord and you are going to remain. You're not gonna you're not gonna keep looking for a reason, come on, to get out of Dodge. You're not gonna look for a reason, come on, to you know to leave and to separate. You're gonna stick it out and you're gonna plant yourself because those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. Somebody say flourish in the courts of our God. Number three is this the shoes of the gospel of feet uh, of peace. <laughs> the <laughs> the, the shoes of the gospel of feet. No, the shoes of the gospel of peace. And, and, and while, you know, the simple evaluation of this is that, listen, you're a carrier of God's peace and wherever it is that you go, you're going to take peace. I want to just challenge you up just a little bit more. The, the feet will carry us where we desire to go and where we want to go. I believe that Paul here could be talking about will and desire as much as being a carrier of peace. You know, I've often just wondered, you know, because I deal with weight issues and things like that. God, why don't you just give me a real heart for for just running and exercise? Like if I could just be in love with it every single day, I would just be like, God, I just want to, I just want to go for a five mile run or an eight mile run. And just the joy of the Lord would, you know, come flooding in. God, why didn't you give me just a heart for salads and, and vegetables? Why don't I just crave like kale, the most disgusting thing, you know, gritty thing that somebody, why, God, why can't you just give me a love for these things that are good for me? And Instead, I've got this love for donuts and, and cake and chocolate. And man, I'm getting hungry here. Why do I have a bend to, you know, to think it's my responsibility that if somebody's not towing the line or doing something, that it's my responsibility that I'm the one. I, God has called me to hold them accountable and to, and to get them lined out. Come on, that's what, why can't I be somebody that's always looking forward to giving somebody the peace of God, like I have received God's peace unmerited, like undeserved. Why, why can't I be more bent like, like that instead of holding you know, everybody accountable? I'm telling you what, you have to work the plan. You've got to have a plan and you've got to work the plan driving into Starbucks uh, so quite a while ago you know in Twin Falls there's a there's a turn in into into Starbucks over by the uh, um, you know over by the Home Depot kind of that area and um, and and anyhow it can be kind of crazy because people are parked out on the road and so so I'm getting I'm in the turn lane and somebody just kind of pulls across from the parking lot and just jumps 
in front of me. Like, dude, I'm sitting here waiting, turn signal on and, 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 and waiting. And, and uh, you, you, know, you know, there's something inside of me that like wanted to lay on the horn, wave funny to them, you know, maybe say some, you know, some choice things like you selfish, you know, I guess this world's just for, you know, better thing to do. Call in ahead. There's a long line. Call in ahead. Call Starbucks. The Starbucks that's right there. Call them. Hey, there's a guy in a brown Chevy uh, that, that, that's pulling up. I'm in a white car, little white car right behind it. When this guy comes up there, whatever it is that they order, just go ahead and let them pass through and tell them, please tell them that the guy behind them purchased the drinks. He just wanted to bless you and, uh, and do so in the name of Jesus. Come on, isn't that like the, the better way? Look for opportunities, come on, to go above and beyond and share the love of Christ, even in the face of, of being challenged. Come on, I, I often believe because sometimes we can be out in town and people don't even know that we're Christians. In fact, I've met people that refuse to put a, a Christian bumper sticker, like anything, on their car because they don't want to be responsible for, you know, for, uh, you, you know, making God look bad. And, and uh, how about just, just not doing something crazy and stupid to make God look bad anyway? But we can hide when we're out in public. I heard somebody say that, that what we should do as Christians is we should, put, we should put a big old Jesus tattoo right on our neck. So listen, we carry him everywhere we go. And maybe we would just pause and no, listen, I'm not telling you to go out and get a Jesus tattoo. But I was just, I just laughed at that. I thought that was so funny because man, we're carrying this big old Jesus tattoo. And maybe, maybe that would keep us from saying or doing something that, that is uh, far from him. Please don't go out and get a Jesus tattoo on your, on your neck. That was just uh, something that I heard. I thought it was funny. Number four is this, the shield of faith. This is the most important because without faith, it's impossible to please God. By grace, we are saved through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Come on, the faith, the shield of faith, it's the one that the Bible in Ephesians talks about, you know, stopping, stopping the fiery darts of the devil that he's constantly, you know, shooting at you. I'm telling you that the devil is out to kill, steal, and destroy but God has come to give life and life abundantly and the way that he protects you is is in and through your faith come on faith is this trusting in God even when life doesn't give you a reason to isn't that powerful faith is trusting in God even when life doesn't give you a reason come on to trust him because of maybe the hardships or the difficulties that you're that you're going through it's the substance of things hoped for the evidence the bible says of things not seen faith stands when it's challenged come on i want to remind you today that your circumstances your circumstances do not define who god is isn't that good you're going to go through some tough times but god is still god God is still in control. I got this coronavirus. It'd be easy. You know, some people could probably say, well, pastor probably got sin in his life or, or well, pastor probably didn't just have enough faith. Listen, man, the Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust, but I'm telling you what, I'm exercising my faith in and through the middle of the storm that we're going through. My wife is doing the same. Thank you again for your prayers. Number five, is this the helmet of salvation? 
The helmet of salvation, I want you to look at the helmet of salvation as something that's offensive. I want you to be reminded that the battle is the Lord's. The battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. And we know, come on, how this thing ends. And so let the helmet of salvation, let that understanding, you know what, build up hope and look forward to a future with wonderful expectation. I'm telling you, just because your dad was an alcoholic and his dad was an alcoholic and all their brothers were alcoholics and you come from an alcoholic background doesn't mean, come on, that you're going to be an alcoholic or you're going to die you know, from cirrhosis of the liver like so many people in your family has because God's doing a new thing. It's a new day in your life. Just because no one else has done anything significant in your family, you know what I mean? They haven't, they haven't made a huge imprint in your family does not mean that God's not going to use you to do something significant and huge in this world and leave an incredible legacy. Just because all of my friends have been divorced, some of them three and four times, just because they've been divorced and people throughout my family have been divorced does not mean that I too am going to fall into a, a category, a position of being separated from my wife and separate from my family. Come on, I can look forward to greater things because God is doing something new. I love that song that we sing. I don't know who sings it, but the Bible says, or the song says that he'll take what the enemy meant for evil and he'll turn them for good. Come on, that's the God that you and I serve. He will take, God will take what the enemy meant for evil and he'll turn them for good. He'll use them for good. Number six is this, it's the sword of the spirit. Come on, God's word, you need to know it's alive and well. And when you speak it, when you release it, it's not gonna enter into the atmosphere and just fall to the ground. Come on, God's word is going to hit the mark. It's going to, it, it's going to, it, it's going to hit where it's supposed to hit, and it's not going to return back to you without making a difference. Come on, there's all kinds of, you, you know, people are always trying to encourage people not using the word of God. They'll say something, they release a, a, a word into the atmosphere, and it goes out, and it just. Boom just drops to the ground. It's not effective, it's not powerful, it's not anointed, it doesn't bring about any change. They're just putting forth their best efforts. But I'm telling you, the Word of God is not gonna go out and down. The Word of God is gonna be effective and it's gonna, it's gonna bring life and it's gonna bring change. I want you to think about this. Every single time that you read your Bible, Every single time that you do your devotion and you come across the word of God, come on, your Bible, those words are echoing throughout eternity. Think about people that have read the same words that you're reading today, you know, a thousand years ago, 500 years ago, 200 years ago, and how that same word, come on, it changed the course of their life. It empowered them, it redirected them, it anointed them. Come on, that same word that was alive and well for them in their life, and, and they're, they're, they're done lived and they're done gone. But I'm telling you, come on, purpose and power and direction and wisdom and all of those things, come on, that word of God has been changing lives, come on, ever since it's been, it's been released. And that's powerful. Generations before you have been equipped and encouraged. Number seven is this, and this is the last one. Stick with me. Come on, I'm almost done. Number seven is this, 
praying always in the spirit. I want you to listen to me just for a few moments. The Bible challenges us to continually pray in the spirit, but then also pray in understanding. Like that can be super confusing, pray in the spirit and then pray in understanding. And so the praying in the spirit, it, by definition, brings us to a place of realizing and it defines itself that when we pray in the spirit, we may not understand, we will not understand exactly what it is that we're praying. I want you to know that whenever you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and your savior, which you repent of your sins and you ask God to come into your life, at the point in the moment of conversion, Come on, the Holy Spirit, you're filled with the spirit of the living God. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives and dwells in you. But I also want you to know, and maybe you've never thought about this, or you never you know, read the book of Corinthians 12 and 14 and, and, and all of those, but I'm telling you what, there is a gift that is available to you. And it's the gift that's gotten beat up and, and, and drug around and, and, and there's been excuses as to why we shouldn't, we shouldn't do it. But I'm just telling you what, it is a gift that goes beyond this, this, this infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. God will give you a prayer language. Come on, this prayer language is so beautiful because it's the only time that you can be absolutely certain that you are praying the perfect will of God. It, it, like, like when you begin, you, you're exercising this, you've asked God, give me this, this prayer language and you're in your prayer closet. This isn't something to use just, just, just out and about and in front of everybody. Come on, read your Bibles, folks. And, 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 but you're using it and, and there's utterances, come on, that the Spirit of God is making in and through you. It's the only time that you can know that you're praying the perfect will. Come on, there have been times that I've prayed. Um, have you ever prayed a prayer um, that, that, that you didn't really even know how to pray or what you should pray or what you should ask for? Come on, there have been times where it's like, God, I really don't even know. I just don't even know. And then there's been other times where, where, man, I thought I knew and I'm praying, I'm praying, God, let this happen, let this happen. The prayer was not answered only to show me later on that I was thankful that God didn't answer the prayer because it was a wrong prayer. Like I was totally wet. I was completely in the dark. And God's like, listen, you don't even know how foolish that is that you're, that you're asking me these things. And so I'm telling you what this... This is a prayer. When you pray in your, in your prayer language that is a gift, come on, you can be certain you're praying the will of God. I want you to know this, that every gift that God has for us is beautiful. And all I'm saying, I'm not like highlighting this prayer, but it's talking about in the scripture here, pray continuously in all kinds of different prayers. It shows us here, read your Bible. Come on, folks. And, um, and, and so, so I, I, I'm sharing with you that this gift is for us today. Begin to ask, uh, you know, for it. Tongues is beautiful. Come on, it builds up and it edifies your spirit. There's times where I need edification. I can't get it from anything else. I need to get it from the Lord. And, and I just, I'm so grateful for this, uh, this, this beautiful gift. Um, Jesus's final act before he, you know, after, after ascending to the Father, is he sends us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers us and it increases our authority. It builds us up. It, it gives us the ability to step and walk in 
his calling, which is so much greater than, than our own ability. It gives us the ability to walk things out in victory. And I'm asking you today just to simply ask the Lord, come on, God, if this is what you would have me to have, please bless me with this gift that Pastor Travis is talking about. In closing, I wanted to share just a cute little little story. When my kids were when my kids were little, um, and I can't remember exactly which one it was, but but uh, but it's funny when kids go to Sunday school when they're little and they're taught certain things. I would always ask my kids. I'm like, hey, listen, what you learned today? And and uh, and and one of them said, well, we learned that we're supposed to put on Jesus Christ every day. We're supposed to put him on. I was like, oh, that's such a good word. And then and, and and they said, well, man, isn't that that's I don't understand that. What's that mean? Put on Jesus. I mean, that's kind of. It's kind of creepy, you know, it's kind of, and I, I started thinking to myself, you know, we assume that, you know, that just makes sense to, you know, everybody, how do you, how do you put on, you know, Jesus Christ? And I thought, oh, you, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. That is kind of, sounds kind of weird. And I'm just telling you this church, that the way that you put on Jesus Christ every day is you put on the full armor of God. Because if you'll look at the at the armor of God, every like it teaches us characteristics, it teaches us about who Jesus is. And as we as we put on each piece, come on, we're putting on another part of who you know Christ is and who He's working, you know, through our lives so that we can we can be also. And I just really want to encourage you. Come on, let's let's Right now, as we're in so many strange things and in dealing with strange things in our life, come on, let's make sure we're equipping ourselves and, and we're geared up and we're learning how to use, come on, the equipment that is going to allow us to be victorious, come on, in the battles. Because I'm telling you, if, if I know one thing, if I feel one thing that the, that the Lord is sharing with me, that we're in the end times, and there is going to be a, listen now, this isn't to scare anybody, but I really believe that there's going to be a great falling away. Like people who have walked with God for a long time, they're going to buy into confusion and they're going to step away. They're going to step away from God. Their faith is going to be diminished and they're going to, they're going to say even things like, I don't believe in that any longer. And for those people, man, my heart breaks. It's a very, very dangerous, dangerous place to be. But I believe that there's going to be uh, an increased numbers of people that walk away from the Lord. But there are also going to be a great number of people, come on, that have never been raised, never been talked to about the things of God. They're going to be coming into, come on, great relationship and, and, and just receiving God's love, His grace, and His mercy. And they're going to be sold out to the things of God. I'm telling you what, we've got one life to live and I'm challenging you today to live it for Jesus. Put on Jesus Christ every single day. And I'm closing with this simply today that if you're tuning in here, you know, maybe you're one of those Marines where there's 25 Marines or maybe, you know, you've just come across our feed here this morning and you don't know if you are in Christ. You don't know if you really have a relationship with him. You don't know if if he was to come back, if you would be saved. Like like you're paying attention to all the the things that are happening in the world and you just do not know. I'm telling you this that the Bible says, if you will believe in your heart 
and you will confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. You will say, God, I believe that you are who the Bible says you are. I believe that you were the, the only begotten of the Father. There's no other. I believe that you led, that you were God manifest in the flesh. I believe that when you walked this earth for those 33 years that you did not sin. You were tempted and tried in always, but you did not sin. God, I believe that you died on a cross for, for my sins, for my life. Because of sin, we're separated from God. And, and you were the perfect sacrifice, the perfect Lamb of God that was slain for the sins of the world. That anybody that would just believe in you, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is my Lord and I receive you. And God, please forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Fill me with your spirit. Come on, begin to change me and make me more like you as you Come to that place of just praying that prayer and receiving Jesus. I want you to know that today, this day, you will be saved. And, 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 and this is the beginning of a beautiful journey that you're going to have some highs and some lows. But regardless of your circumstances, God is God. And you are going to, when you don't have any energy to do anything else in the middle of a battle, in the middle of turmoil, you do have the ability to stand and to pray and say, God, I trust you in this. This is not my fight. The battle's already won. I'm going to use the energy. I don't have much left, but I'm going to use the energy just to stand and worship. I'm going to stand and pray. I'm going to exalt you, Lord. Come on, the way maker, the perfect healer, my deliverer. Deliverer, my God, in whom shall I trust? I believe you. I receive you. I stir myself up in faith right now. God, I trust you. I love you. I belong to you. Come on, I'm telling you, that's the life that God is calling you to live. And it wasn't by accident that you tuned in on this Sunday morning. Some crazy dude in Rupert, Idaho, speaking to you from his kitchen table. Come on, sharing the truth of God's word with you so that it can change your life. But you have to respond. You have to move. You have to do something. I would encourage you, raise your hand. I don't care who's around. Raise your hand. Say, I give my life to Jesus. I'm not afraid. He wasn't, he wasn't afraid to do what he did for me. I'm not afraid to profess him. Come on, in the living room that I'm in, in the squad bay that I'm in, wherever it is that I am, I am not afraid to mention the name of Jesus Christ because he's doing something in my life right now and I receive him. You got to tell us, you got to let us know and hopefully whoever's running this stream um, they'll put this up on the screen, but I believe if you will text 77977, if you've made that decision, I don't know if I'm right, but they're going to put it up on the screen to make it right. But I believe it's 77977. That's the number that you send it to. And then in the body, if you will just put the word saved and then send that, what that's going to do is that's going to send me a text message and it's going to let me know that either A, you've made a brand new decision for Jesus, or B, come on, you you are rededicating you know, your life to him. But I encourage you, don't wait. We are in a, a very serious time. We, we are in the, I believe, the end times, and there's a whole lot of work that needs to be done. And God has been so good to you 
that he is calling you out of darkness, come on, into his marvelous light and to, and to, and to be filled with light and life and, um, and welcome home and welcome to the family, the family of Jesus Christ. I'm so happy for you. I'm going to be praying for you, but please do that. 77977, I believe, is the number. Text the word SAVED. Just no, no, uh, uh, make sure it's all lowercase, SAVED. Just one word, SAVED, all lowercase. Text it. It'll give me an opportunity to follow up with you and pray for you specifically. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I went a little bit over, but... I love you, and I believe that God's Word is going to be effective and powerful and change your life. In Jesus' name. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.